everybody. Guess what? It's Breaking Bad time again. Um, we're here for the Insider Podcast. My name is Kelly Dixon, and guess what? This is our final eight for, uh, I guess, our final season. This is really sad. This is oh, it's really oh, sad. Everybody's but, crying. <laughs> but we're here. We're we've got these podcasts coming. I've been getting a lot of like emails and you know uh, posts like on Facebook and stuff. Are you going to do the podcast? So yes, we are doing the podcast. We are making sure that we get these podcasts in here um we've already recorded a couple of them because we do them out of order but today we are going to do episode number 509 which is called blood money and it was written by peter gold who is here today hi and it was directed by brian cranston hey. who is here today hey. <laughs> also um we're here with uh creator vince gilligan hello executive producer michelle mclaren hello and co-executive producer melissa bernstein hello so cool. Thank you, everybody, for coming in. We should start right in because everybody is, I mean, this was the episode that, like, everybody was like, can't wait to see. It's been a year. It's been more than a year since since uh, our premiere last year. Has it been more than a year? It's yeah. been, it's going to yeah. ha- well, have been, right now, it's actually May. Um, we're about two-thirds of the way through our post uh, process right now, but the episode will air in, in August, so you guys have just seen it, and... Uh, We've all like seen it like in a couple of weeks ago. We we locked it and mixed it a couple of weeks ago. Yes. So, uh, I guess we should start right in. But what I want to do first is this is the first episode that you know Peter, you, and Vince were working on this episode way back last July, July of two thousand and twelve, with Tom Schnauz, right? Yeah, that's right. That's and right. you guys were working on the weekends because we were trying to finish the first eight of the final 16 and you guys were working on the weekends at like your house or something Vince I remember uh-huh. you guys were working trying to like break the this episode mm-hmm. start breaking this season so you came up with this skateboarding idea can you can you give us a well I, I think the original the very the very most original idea that the notion of that was that uh, you start on the skateboarders and then you find out that the White House is gone because we were looking for we were looking for the most striking visual image possible, and then we were like, "Well, what's if this was if this were a teaser? If this were a teaser, well, then where's Walt? Okay, he's he's in the car. He's looking at he's looking at the uh, where his house used to be. And somehow now we have an obligation in addition to using uh, the M80, M60, 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 M80 is something else. M the use the M60." Uh, it's a big firecracker. That's actually. right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's, we should, that's what we should have used. Those. He should have had a big firecracker in there. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if props got it wrong? <laughs> got a bunch of M80s here. Yeah. It's like, no. So wait, are you saying that originally, like, you were gonna like have like no house and just yes. a pool? Yes. Literally, the house was the house was gone. It was like a, you know an empty tooth in the mouth of the neighborhood. And uh, and we, we had no idea how we were gonna do yeah. that. By the way, well, obviously a bunch of CGI. Yeah, would visual effects. You know. Yeah, yeah. but Super I'm not. Even dinosaurs. sure how they would do that. I guess they'd have to take pictures of the backyard and then create some sort of Paint 3D model. Yeah. And it, yeah, you it would have been you great. You even asked Diane about it. Yeah, I think when you guys were. And it she asked Bill Palazzo. It would have been great, but the problem with it was was that it was just an image. Yes. That that's all. That's no. ultimately all it was was an image. There was nothing for anybody to do, and I was actually, I, I think I started writing the episode with no teaser, or we were, I was writing another episode or something. I came back in the room, and. Uh, you, I came back in the room and you guys said, "Wait a minute, Walt, Walt's getting the ricin." And I was like, "Yes." Oh, is that true? Is I that think uh, so. you weren't? Uh, you were already I out. Re- I don't remember that. That's that's my memory of it. Well, because we, I think, uh, 
and I wish I, I, I wish I were better better rememberer of things. These podcasts would go a lot smoother if I could remember how shit went <laughs> I think down. You got a lot in your mind, <laughs> like, but that's why but we have Peter Gould. You're the rememberer. <laughs> <I'm> the rememberer. <laughs> so, okay. but but it was uh, you know what it was. I'm probably uh, reverse engineering because I can't quite remember reverse engineering it. But I think the I the think our our fear was okay, like you said. He's he's reminiscing. He's pulled up in his Cadillac and he's reminiscing about his house. But that's a little soft. Mm-hmm. We need a button. We need something. We need something accomplished. We need something to happen here. And 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 hence the ricin. Yeah. Which which is interesting. Usually we know where all these things are going, and in this case, uh, in this case we didn't. We didn't know. We, no. we kind of had a feeling where we wanted the ricin to go, but we didn't know how it was gonna. How it was going to get used? And unfortunately, and, we never figured that out. No, we never figured that out. So, <laughs> viewers, sorry, it's that all, was just a complete dead end. <laughs> just to backtrack a little bit, because I'm from a fan's standpoint as well, is that when I'm reading these scripts, I don't know where they're going, and so he comes there with a purpose, and that's great. And you you planted well. He's got to go get the rice, because mm-hmm. you made it a point that he hid that. Right. But you didn't know at that time what you were going to do with that ricin? No, we did not. That's fantastic. Or, or if they were going to do anything with it. Well, no. no Whoa, that's right. When, when you do that, yes. you have to... Uh, no, no. You have, yeah, you're, pick, you're uh, yeah, I'm not putting the say, gun on stage. I'm not going to say what we're doing with it, but I, yes. I hope it, well, it's, it's got to stand a reason that if we're going to go to the trouble Check having out. them pick it up, we're going to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, Michelle's giving me the high sign here not to give anything away, which, which is, which is uh, a, a, a wise uh, thing. But uh, yeah, no, you 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 gotta. We had vague. We had a vague. I don't know. We didn't really know had, for sure. We had images. Mm. Yeah, we'll talk about later. Yeah, well, you guys didn't know it on later later podcasts. On later podcasts. And you didn't perhaps. know it, where the M60 was going to go either, did you? No, no. That's brilliant. No, we knew, it's stupid. We don't even know. It <laughs> no, but but you, I mean, you kind of you you put yourself in a position. Yeah. That forced you to figure it out, and that's the thing that's so great about the show is that you guys constantly worked yourself into an inextricable corner. Okay, but the skateboarding—I mean, just because they had a pool, did you want to do? You wanted to have like kids in the neighborhood, or you know, the finding, and so you just—well, it's just to think about what the opposite of where we ended the last season was. I think that's really that's that's oh, really the that family was we were thinking that the, the family was and... all together at the pool and they had this they had this it was probably one of the happiest moments on the show. And then uh and then what can we do because we know we know Walt ends up buying this buying this gun. We know Walt ends up looking the way he does in the teaser of uh 501. 501. And so everything's changed. And so we, we're kind of, I think sometimes we just, we go, we go opposites. We think about, yeah. we think about what's the biggest contrast. And sometimes that leads to an idea. And I think in this case, it was, you know, when a place is abandoned, how do you show that? And I, What's the opposite yes. of a full pool? Uh, full pool, you know? Full pool. <laughs> full pool. Full so <laughs> I know that, Brian, I know that you guys had to like, you guys cast some skateboarders. Right. And then Michelle, you know, if you guys could also, you guys, um, Michelle, Melissa, and Brian could also talk about what you had to do as far as um, get the owners of the house to let you drain their pool. I think you guys yeah, had to paint a, it. And did you have to paint well, it? Well, there's a lot of logistics and, involved with that. The writers come up with these great ideas, but now you have to use it in a pragmatic and a practical standpoint. And now the producers go out there, even before I got back into Albuquerque, and I hear reports that we, we have some difficulties with this because it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a pool that's not 
geared toward that. It's right. not a perfectly it have shaped. A, it's super. Pool. It was. It's super steep. Yeah, the and, transition and had dramatic on the pool. angles. It's and a we, fiberglass it's, bottom. And it's fiberglass. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like a pod. And yeah. and we didn't know it's a shell. And we didn't know if skateboarders could actually yeah, do what you guys were asking. And, and by the way, we so, have to have very uh, flexible uh, and you know agreeable homeowners, which we do. Luckily, with Fran and Lewis. But the yes, yes, mm. that I mean. I think it, the conversation would have ended there immediately. In most, yeah. in most cases, but even still, I know there was a lot of conversation among the producers about we could actually puncture a hole in this pool very easily, and that means completely repairing, uh, replacing, not so even it's repairing, because like, I don't think a patch would have. No, it's like a, we, we, it's an it's an in ground pool, but it's more like a fiberglass a shell. shell. It's like a shell, shell that, that sits in a yeah. hole. Exactly. Rather so we than knew like that there, there was a, the chance we were going to have to replace the entire shell. But what wow. we did is we we hired some. Uh, some professional skateboarders or some really hot skateboarders. We went to a, a local skateboard shop and uh, this one guy was kind of coordinated for us and we had the skateboarders out there to see if we could actually physically do it. And we thought, oh, there's no way. And these kids, I mean, it was just horrifying watching them drop in from so high, you know, so hard Way to use knees. the lingo too, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Drop in, yeah. yeah. I learned that from them. <laughs> and uh, and then, so then we built the, you know, the art department built the, the ramp and everything. Um, and surprisingly enough, we didn't crack the pool but you guys well, like yeah. some, at least we haven't heard yet <laughs> you guys did some like some uh, some painting and stuff to make it look like you know to make the water like the water lines look oh yeah we, the, we have a great a art bit. department they came out there and they did everything from stained water lines and remnants of, of mm -hmm. you know debris and and decay and then uh, not only on the pool but on the fascia of the, the house of the, of the house now the, the the trick is that we had to then restore the house back to its original condition after this right in so, this episode right. in this episode so it all had to be that once we got that that opening uh teaser we had to then get you know feel confident we had it and then switch gears and let them go to work we had to leave there for a week i think until mm -hmm. we came back and it was now pristine again <laughs> and they that's interior magic. and exterior because we had to do the same with our white we house had to do set. the same with the interior set but that's too. that is a set so everybody yeah realizes, but we yeah. but the same condition yeah. Yeah. we put our construction team to work there like uh, they're on their ha hairs on fire but in in a way though it's kind of a nice teaser because mm -hmm. you yeah. really you really don't know we've already teased that there's going to be big changes and we don't mm -hmm. know but yeah, it's, it's the first kind of it's the actually. first thing in the new episode. It's like, holy mm -hmm. cow, what happened to the house? But you still don't know, so just, you know. But but all credit to uh, uh, Mark Freeborn and his crew in the production design department, and and, and, and W. w. Gilpin, Gilpin and his Can crew guys, in the construction. Do you guys department. remember the skaters' names? Uh, Ray Chavez is one of them, um, and we also had uh, no relation. Tristan Chavez from our camera department was uh, photographing the yeah. skaters. He's actually in some of the He's shots. He's in yeah. some of the shots. Yeah. Uh, with the, some the of his shots, I think, are in the show. If, yeah. you, if you look out the window, the, when uh, Walt's looking out the window particularly, and you see a guy with a, with a little DSLR camera, that's Tristan. And, yeah, and a lot of that footage actually was used. Yeah. Yeah. So Walt, um, future Walt, uh, comes to the house. Future Walt. <laughs> he comes in, he, he breaks down the door, and then he sees the big Heisenberg sign. I mean, the big Heisenberg mm -hmm. graffiti on the wall. And then um, uh, he hears the skaters, but then he goes back into, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but he goes back into the room to get the rice in. Yeah. And so you guys are saying that you really didn't know what you're going to do with that ricin at that time when you were breaking the story you just said let's have him get it we and, remember that we and, left it and the way we, we were lucky to have the amount of lead time that we have but 
we also knew if we didn't figure it out, there was no going back after a certain point because mm-hmm. you get so far behind at a certain point. If you got to go back and rebreak huge fundamental structural moments, especially, and then after they're shot, then you're like, oh man, we are really screwed if we don't figure this out. Well, we were obligated to do something with it but when Walt cooked the ricin back in season four, and that it never got used, and then he put it, he put it, he put uh, it behind it the electric. Oh yeah, he put it, it he put it in the electrical yeah. outlet in season five A. Right. So we knew, you know, we, it was it was something that it was sort of unfinished business we had to deal with. That's a more proper way of looking at it. It, it was it, the, we, that ship had sailed when we saw him tape it into the back of that electrical outlet in the first place because you. I mean, listen, stuff gets dropped all the time in, in TV shows because, not because writers are idiots on, on a lot of TV shows, just because they run out of time. But uh, we have been very blessed to have the amount of lead time we've had. And, and because of that, it just feels wrong to us to drop those drop that ball, as it were. You to know? give you an idea also of the amount of time and energy spent on developing these ideas, when you, when you move from story into production, we talked about it a lot, you, you know, from a director standpoint, from a producer standpoint, they they talk about it constantly. And it wasn't until I first started directing Malcolm in the Middle ten years ago that I realized how much conversation goes in, how many <laughs> meetings, concept meetings, tone meetings, all these things. One of them was switch plates. Well, if this place is really, uh, you know, beaten up and disaster. Um, people who come in for the copper, they're going to steal copper out of it. They're going to yeah. steal the, the fixtures. Okay, why don't they, we have copper pulled out and stripped wires and they mm-hmm. wait. But if we have those switch plates off, mm-hmm. then why wouldn't they have taken the switch plate off in the bedroom? And all these things yeah. compounded. We're just trying to cover every single base. Exactly, exactly. And also the turnaround time. Uh, the, 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 the messed up version of the White House uh, didn't involve changing the footprint of the place. It was just it was, uh, a lot of uh, detritus and crud and, and, and a paint job on the walls. But if we had torn open the walls themselves, that would have been an even bigger turnaround. And, yeah. and, and, yeah, so all these, you're right, all these just in, endless discussion. So um, then we jump outside where Walt's gotten his race in. And we have Walt's neighbor, um, Carol. Carol, which yes. which was not in the script. That's right. That's I love I love that. Well, I mean a, I mean the neighbor was in the script, but yeah. the, the, her name was not yeah, in the we, script. There was no dialogue in the script. Yeah, no, it was a pitch I had. I said, well, if we're doing contrast, then what if we have the post during the teaser and then flop back and then we see her again, and we see her again yeah. when we're saying goodbye to Hank and the family, and where this family unit is finally together and. And Walt is feeling nice and says, hello, Carol, and hi, everything's good. Uh, I thought it would be a nice juxtaposition. But what's fun, too, is that we have no idea what has actually happened. We have no idea what's gone on in Albuquerque since, um, you know, since whenever, you know, you, you know, have disappeared, right? And we come back, and obviously she's freaked and afraid of you, and she's just Mm -hmm. like... Stunned silence, and then she drops her grocery bag. It is one of the funniest moments. <laughs> that too. woman did a nice job. I've she never met her. Cheryl Ford Minty, if I'm pronouncing her last name right. She did a yeah. wonderful job. She was great. I yeah. love yeah. that Even silence. It's very, fear. very yeah. tough to find someone who can mm-hmm. s- just be simple in mm-hmm. their reaction. Yeah. It's like, hello, Carol. And we went through numerous um, casting for that. Well, yeah. I remember watching you work with her on the uh, how she would drop the groceries because you know you wanted the bag to fall a certain way. 
and yeah. just the physics. And you know, it's one of those things that you know when you watch uh, the finished product, you don't think about the physics of how the bag hits the ground. Yeah. And you had you talked to her about how she would. You kind of worked out how to hold the bag right. and so it would fall just Forward, right, and the, yeah. the orange would fall yeah. would, would roll out, which is you know one of our recurring yeah. motifs. Yeah, yeah. Those oranges. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was that was really that was really fun to see. And then also to make this idea work. You had to shoot her. You had to shoot her out. Yeah. So later on, the the sequence that's later on when you cut to her, that had to be shot. Right next to her was the ruined White House. Exactly. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah. yeah. So we had. So, to, I just had to make sure that so, I was outside of any oh. of the. So yeah, she was done on the same day. Same day. Same day. So, yes. Well, yeah. I did so not you know could that. Not show yeah. So that's why I pushed her. I pushed her over to the lawn, sure, sure. so that I can get a little her a little further away. And and why she's not geographically tied in with you guys, right. which I never even didn't. And then we at added. Me, and then yeah. you know the art department was Johnny on the spot. We I yeah. said let's let's beef up the the foliage. Mm -hmm. So we got roses in there, and we just pumped up the green and yeah. on her house. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to make the contrast. It, it worked really well. Okay. That was a great time. Yeah. So that's the teaser. And, I mean, no, I just wanted to say that I want to jump back with you and Vince because at this point, starting in Act 1, we are just getting back to where we left our, mm -hmm. you know, characters at the very, very end of last season mm -hmm. where – Hank, you know, realized, you know, he has a realization on the toilet. Right. And then now it's he's coming out the door. So when you guys were working last summer, you know, did you think that you were good? I know you guys like to, you said before, Vince, you like to do this brick by brick. You don't, you want to do the teaser first. And then was this a teaser that you thought of later as you've done sometimes and you just got started was. in yeah. Yeah. on Hank or did you... So you came up this we, teaser we, later. We try to do the teaser first, but sometimes we, 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 we don't accomplish that, and, and we don't want to spin our wheels for too long, so we, we skip it and we go forward from there. We, we'd never, if we don't get the teaser figured out, we start in Act 1, but we never, don't, we never start any later than that. We don't mm -hmm. start breaking like Act Three because mm -hmm. we know we've got a fun scene there. We always start either with a teaser or with Act well, One. Well, by the time we, you know, we also the process, the way the process works, we kind of talk through the whole thing and get ideas about how it's gonna, what the big moments are and the act breaks are, and then we, that's when we back up and then we go brick by brick. So yeah, that's true. When you guys, I mean, when you guys first started working and you knew, okay, you knew when you were going to have to open your writer's room again, which was probably around uh, September, I think, early September. Was that? Uh, I think. Or was we it August? Were, you guys were working in July on 509. Right. I think it was August. We August it was in August. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. We opened so, August 6th. So yeah. you knew that then, and you also knew pretty much when you were going to have to start shooting, which this year was right before Christmas. You actually shot an episode right before Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Um, this, this episode. This one, yeah. So when you started in um, on trying to do this, were you like saying, should we start right with Hank at that moment? Or was there ever any, you know, suggestion of starting at any other moment? Oh, we talked through everything we could humanly conceive of, every <laughs> possible permutation, combination, possibility. We try to, I keep using the chess analogy, and I'm not a chess player, so I don't know why I keep using it, but it seems appropriate in the sense that I, I assume if you're a chess master, you're, 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 you're thinking. You're trying to think 20 moves ahead. Like, where does this move take me? Where does that move subsequently take me? So on and so forth. And we, we go down a lot of, verbally at least in the room here where we're recording this, our old writer's room, we, uh, we go down a lot of blind alleys. So And, and, and when sometimes we, we start knowing we're going down a blind alley. We ask the dumb questions first just to 
get the conversation lubricated, you know, just start talking about the stuff we're not going to do. Say, okay, here's what we're not going to, what's a bad idea? Let's start with that. And then sometimes the bad ideas turn out to be pretty good. Yeah. And you well, considered a time jump then? Yeah, we did. I was wondering, we did. was it always a given? We did, but I have to say, I, I always felt personally that, that I always felt personally that uh, it was a, uh, it was too juicy. You know, to, you know, you have this guy. He's on the toilet. He finds he finds this he finds this book. Sorry, it's too dramatic. Recut that. Let's let me start. Let me start that thought again. Uh, it was too it was too dramatic. It was too exciting to see uh, what Hank was going to do when he came out came out there. Of course, the thing. Yeah. And also, we we tended the show tends to go. It tends to we don't we when you watch it. I think it doesn't feel like you're watching seasons. It feels like you're watching one story right. that's told, yeah. and, and so we we just said, okay, it's the it's still the same moment. But however, for production, and we did think about this. Wow, you know, it's actually going to be winter when they're out there shooting oh, yeah. next to the pool. Oh yeah, and we're going to have to pretend it's still summer. Yeah. Uh, so it that was, was well, winter so, all so, season. Yes. Yeah. There well, you go. so what we what we did though for that, and Brian, you can speak to this as the director about splitting up the exterior from stage and and uh, on location even though we were outside at the pool for, for that very reason yeah we just try to figure out different ways to to make it uh, shootable you know so that uh, uh, we <laughs> this whole season was shot in the winter and uh, I think our coldest day was five degrees out at the sand dunes I don't know what episode that was but 511 uh, yeah five degrees it was unbelievable but soldier on. Um, but so, Vince, you guys, it wasn't just a given that you were going to start right back in with Nothing's a given. The book. Nothing's no, no, if, if so anything was a decided, given, you're, you're denying yourself possibilities. So, okay, yeah, so you try to keep an open mind. So then, you know, when you finally decided, you're like, okay, it's basically the next, you know, one of the sort of the next moment of him coming out of the bathroom. He's carrying this book and he hides it. Yeah. You know, because we, I mean, you know, I know that even... You know, I'm very lucky and I get an advanced peek at what's going to happen. I was like, what, you know, what's he going to do? Is he going to come out there and accuse him right there? Is he going to, Is he going to shoot him in the head? Are these all the, you know, like all these ideas you guys discuss in the writer's room? Oh, yeah. Probably how long? Is he literally going to come out there and glare at him for a minute and then just literally tackle him out of his chair and then and the whole family's trying to pull Uncle Hank off of... uh, wall i mean just every and possibility you, guys, you yeah. didn't know you you didn't know at that point well, when you started breaking it you didn't you didn't know no well the other and the or the other extreme is that you know eventually he's going to come back to walt and say you know you need to get out of this you know i'm not going to do anything about it you're you know you're a sick man but you know so we you know that was that was one of the one of the thoughts was that maybe hank is going to just turn away from this but Ultimately, you know, it goes to the character and the the person who you know we've watched for five years, and we knew that we knew that Hank wouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, did we, we know? Well, did we, we know? It. No, or did we? Well, I we mean, tried it out. We, we tried, tried it out. We tried we it, out. it We tried it for si- on for size, yeah. and we found it. It just didn't. It didn't. It didn't feel right. Well, it didn't. It didn't feel. This is one of those twofold things. It didn't feel right for the character, but it also felt like uh, a real bad dead end dramatically. If if Hank just let this whole thing slide. Then literally, you. <laughs> what happens then? It's yeah, like, it's yeah. also what was what was all that worry about? Why why were we worried about Hank finding out? He's going to be fine with it. Yeah, talk about a letdown. In retrospect, yeah. it no, seems but, obvious. But I think you know the way you you created that character and laid in his yeah. sensibilities and 
He was he he can't. No, it's he not can't. in his yeah. makeup to no. be able to let that. And what's happen. really nice too is the when Brian when you directed this, um, what I find what I found that was nice that I really tried to use at, while I was editing this is when you have Hank um, putting the book away and then looking out um, the the sliding glass doors and you have the baby. Oh, I wanted to have the, the baby, baby in my arms. And, yeah. and you know it's like we had to. You guys had all this conversation going on, so we had to drag conversation from the bathroom all the way through. And you guys are kind of at, doing a lot of ad living yeah. out there. We're like, oh, let's put your jacket on the baby's jacket. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, you look just like your daddy. Uh, you know all yeah. this stuff that Hank at that point gets to see. And I wanted, you know, as the editor, I wanted him to look to watch. And you kiss the baby, and you're just such a nice dad yeah. that all of a sudden he Hank's got this dilemma. You know, does he? I mean, was this something that possibly you, uh, Vince, you and Peter were thinking about when you were, um, you know, when you guys were breaking this as a writer's room, you know, does Hank maybe make a different decision? Maybe he was going to go and confront him and then he sees all this or did that ever come up or? I just think the prudent move is to not tip your, you know, playing cards or, or wherever. The prudent move is to not tip your hand until you you know what you need to more, know. Yeah. Yeah, all they had right there is a, just a very shocking kick in the gut suspicion, but he needed more information. Yeah. And that, I think that, that point, though, is that the smart move for Hank really would have been to keep his mouth shut all the way through the episode until he really knew the lay of the land. Walt, it, I'm, we're jumping forward to the end of the episode, but Walt, Walt no, twigs. No, you are. Twigs. I'm jumping forward. Walt twigs, and the question was, you know, how how much restraint can Hank have? You know, what's and and that's so that that was something that we really thought about. And you know, I think if it had been a 13 episode finale instead of an eight episode, I don't know if we would have had um, had the confrontation that we're building that's to. I, I think I think that is the, the brilliance behind these last eight is that you guys. Did that in the first episode? Surprise me! It shocked I didn't me. See that you know, it you didn't could have ex- me you could have dragged that out all the way through one. all eight episodes, and I love. We all yeah. were so blown away when we got that script, and you guys hit the nail on the head in the first episode. I, like, all right, it's funny. I, I'm so in yeah. minority on this because I really thought that absolutely this confrontation will come. No in this way. episode. I totally did. Everyone like, else like I've talked to has been surprised. I'm in the minority. No, that's okay. I was like, they have to of the way that other series would handle this. Absolutely, yeah. But I just felt like they have to because then we can go on you know we, we get that out of the way but like I said I'm in the minority but if on it that were one. if it were Hank's option if it were Hank's option the, the, there would be no confrontation if it were up to Hank because it would be crazy for him to go to Walt and say I know all this and that to this guy who's a suspect he needs to and that's exactly why Walt yes. pushed it yes because he thought I know he knows I can't let him privately develop all this uh, right. evidence so I have to now confront this yeah. and appeal to him as a brother-in-law, yeah. as a as yeah. a family member, yeah. and well, to tell him the truth about my cancer being back and that. Come on. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. jump. Let's jump a little bit ahead to, um, you know, Hank has to like really get out of there quickly, and they get in the car and they're driving. He and Marie are driving home, and Marie is like talking about, oh, we should take a vacation. Oh, let's go to Italy. Oh, they're, you know, they. Then she's also talking about how Skylar and Walt are doing so well, and they're going to take a second honeymoon, and and then Hank is freaking. Can you guys, um, you and Vince, talk a little bit about that, Peter? About you know how you guys, you know, you know, decided to um, have this whole uh, realization for Hank manifest itself. 
Well, it just it seemed kind of organic, and and I don't want to use the word obvious, but it seemed it, it was not a big leap to think to ourselves, if I recall correctly, to think to ourselves, we've really played OCD. Uh, PTSD. Not, I'm sorry, <laughs> OCD. <laughs> oh, that's me. I'm talking. About. Uh, we, we've uh, we played PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder, with with Hank before. We've seen it manifest in, in, in an elevator and different places, and same same kind of like a no brainer. But it's no like thing. it's not like you guys had like him. It, it. I felt like the crash that he made was very plausible, and it wasn't like spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like he's gonna crash into like a storefront or you know. I mean, yeah. You know, he. It's just it's it's disturbing, but it's not. Sp- you know, spectacular in the sense that it's not ridiculously impossible. You're your directing's not spectacular. No, no. It, it, I, was, it was spectacularly cold. You know cold. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was no, but good. I don't mean it in no, a... No, no. I mean, it was spectacularly no, of course. It was... No, no, no because I, if it was spectacular, like, uh, the, 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 yes. the White family would know about it. Yeah. yeah. And it opens and up a yeah, can of worms exactly. with police reports and injuries. It's like, it's not like he's he crashed off of a bridge and started a huge fire. It's a very... We don't have the money for that stuff But it's also very disturbing for you to crash into somebody on a regular street well we had to find uh, i mean logistically we had to find a uh, a house that was that suitable in in around the white house i think we were working at schrader house the schrader house yeah. and so because of, that was the day was, we were shooting the schrader house because yeah. yeah. we had to schedule um that. we had to find a house that was relatively uh, on a straight street but but um residential and um you know that would work that the driveway configuration would allow us drive up and knock down a, a post and things but, like that. But the other thing I, I was also meaning is a directing Dean as far as what he was going through mentally in that scene. You know, what was that? Well, we, like? we talked about calling upon his past experiences in the, in as, as Vince brought up. I said, also, you're, you're anxious. You're probably driving a little too fast. You got to get home. It's not what you absolutely know. It's what you dread and suspect. Mm-hmm. So his mind is forward and thinking about what could it be? What could I, I, I know I have to get home. I have to prove this. And his, it's, a, it's a directive for him. And, uh, and I wanted him to, to feel spooked afterward, like uh, to realize as he snapped into this, what happened, oh my God, I, I, I did black out. He did black out and he could have hurt someone. Fortunately, it didn't work out that way. And now he has to calm down Marie in order to to not go through this battery of tests and things he's got things he's got to do so he's got to calm her down and then go find the proof get to business yeah, yeah. so you can start talking about that he's going to compare Gail's writing you can segue nicely right into that well scene. it was fun I, you know it's uh, Marie is now preoccupied with his condition and talking about going to get batteries and he's like He's, he's getting in, in the house, and he knows what he has to do. He has to find that book. has to go to the book to compare the, the handwriting to see if what he suspects is true. And he and, pretty much gets his proof, I and guess. And when he does, when he's comparing the lettering, the, the specific way that, that printing was right. done, and we had to do, you know, <coughs> excuse me, with... Uh, some uh, long lens and get right in on on those letters to to compare the two and uh and his suspicion is confirmed so i do want to jump ahead to this evidence uh sort of montage that you guys have done 
Um, Vince, you uh, you worked in a piece of music. Did you want to talk about that? Well, I, I, Jim White is a, a wonderful uh, uh, musician and, and composer and artist who have always wanted to get his music uh, on our show, and so finally we have. And we've this. been working with it a lot, too. A couple of different songs of his in yeah. the pilot. It was actually in your director's cut, yeah. which never made it in. And then and the I end think of season one, we almost put one The end of season one, it almost yeah. made it in. This and is a song called Word Mule. And if you're not familiar with Jim White, uh, treat yourself and uh, check him out. He's, he's, a, he's just really... But you and he actually went to NYU together as well. We did. We did. And, and he's a relative of Walter White. Which is yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. right. that's right. That's right. Nepotism at its best. Yeah. No, we went to NYU together, although I did not know him that well then. But uh, a wonderful artist who, uh, Dean Pariso, the director of Home Fries, a movie I wrote, came out in 1998, uh, put uh, uh, a Jim White song called Heaven of My Heart at the end of that movie which is probably his most, to my ear, his most radio-friendly song. He's just so good, uh, he doesn't fit into the, the box of radio I to, particularly. I actually want to just drop this out because mostly, most people will not know this, but uh, in, in the pilot, originally when we first saw Jesse and Walt out in the desert with the RV, you know, cooking for the first time, in the director's cut, we actually had a Jim White song playing at that point. Um, and it was called "If Jesus Had a Motor Home." Yeah, and <laughs> I, I got to put that one. out there because that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, most people will not know that it was actually quite fun. Um, so, uh, but know, there's plug a, for Jim White. Everybody plug for Jim White. Jim plug White. for Delbert McClinton because Delbert McClinton—that's a T-shirt that uh, Hank is wearing throughout that montage. And I love Delbert McClinton. Um, he's wonderful. He's the guy that taught uh, John Lennon how to play harmonica. I also want to. He's, um, he's great want to uh, have Brian talk about the evidence, you know, you have uh, the DEA guys bring out all of these copies. It's all copies because <coughs> Hank is not allowed to have, you know, the real. So he's had everything from this whole case copied on in several, uh, uh, like, what is it, bankers', bankers file boxes. boxes. Yeah. Um, and so what what did you um, intend with this montage, uh, Brian? You just is It's like sort of a, a who's who of all the things we've seen so far that yeah. hank would remember it was well he was using some of his uh, political capital at the dea to get well, this favor he's his, his position to bring these papers out we we definitely wanted to make sure that that uh, the public knew the audience knew that these were copies um and you know it's it's not easy to to show a a montage and we had to we spent a lot of time with it and went through dozens and dozens of pictures and diagrams and you had to think what's visually possible and we realized that all the all the papers that we had that had cursive writing on it or something mm -hmm. it just mm -hmm. wasn't visually interesting so we kind of quickly went through those um and the, then and the then, tone of this one's tricky too because it's not fun like it's not you right. know it's not like our meth making montages which are he kind has of fun a, he has a a goal to get to and he's in he's in a he's in bad straits and the other, you know, like one of the things was uh, to review the, the, the video of the, the break-in, getting the methylamine when mm -hmm. Walt and Jesse first did that. And as, as I looked at that over and over again, I realized, I don't know that what this is really telling us. And I, at first I was thinking, well, maybe we shouldn't use it. And then I'm thinking, well, no, it, this is good because uh, everything he's looking for doesn't always end up in a positive reaction. Mm -hmm. He looks at it, he scrutinizes it and realizes this is not helping me. I, this is... There's no way I can identify anything from here, and so he's 
having having some success and some failures along his trek. But I think what really was fun about it is to lock off that camera and and show time passage and the amount of work that he was pouring into it. So we locked off the camera and then have him go through several different moves and then put all those stuff together, which is You have him eating potato chips, drinking yeah, coffee. Yeah, just, and... you know, he's he's just grabbing. He doesn't, he, we, we wanted to get the sense, I wanted to get the sense that he's, He's not going to take a break from this. He'll grab a cup of coffee, but he'll he'll drink it and eat whatever right there. He's so mm-hmm. consumed with this idea. And then and, you and also you guys, oh, sorry. sorry, I was just going to say you guys. There was a bit of a debate that we had about that that last picture, the Santa Morte um, right picture, which I love. I mean, the way you shot that is awesome. Can you talk about that that well, concern? I was, you know, the the original button. It was the question of where's the button of the scene and how far do we want? This Hank? was the picture that the cousins had. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah, right. and it's one of the things I love about the scene. Do you need to explain what button is? Well, it's what's the out of the scene? What's the result of the scene? How do we? How do? We, how does it conclude? Yeah, what's really. The ending? How yeah. how does it conclude? And and we we wanted. You, Hank's progress in this episode was tricky because the audience is ahead of him a little bit. Which you know, audience knows? The audience is sixty-some episodes. They're more than a little bit ahead of him. They're more than a little bit ahead of him. So you know, it's it's you, but it's it's really an emotional journey, not a logical journey. Uh, but there is a logical journey that goes along with it. And so the question was, how far do we want him to get in the montage? And when we found that we were at the prop session, and when we found that picture. My immediate reaction was, no, 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 that's too far. That's too far. That's let's 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 let him that's letting him get too far. You know, what does that mean? Does that mean that he overlooked that? Does that mean everybody overlooked that? Because we all know that that's Walt. And you know, as as it as it went on and on, I realized that that was that initial reaction was not right. I, I had something in my head that that. Uh, that, that that was that was maybe what a was more, the initial, more, what was the well the initial button? out was the initial button was the uh, the, the, video. the video the video ah, and you, and the and the about, and yeah. what we what we talked about was trying to find something that was ambiguous enough so he couldn't take it back to DEA headquarters because if he had something that was so um, that was that was such clear evidence if he had had you know Walt's fingerprints on something he would have to go. Right at that moment, to right. back to the DEA, there wouldn't be any more detective work to do. There'd be no reason for him not to not to head head into the office, except for sheer cousinness. And that was something we wanted to explore in later episodes. Right. So, but then, as it worked out, because to me that that Heisenberg image is so obviously Walt, but it's not. It's not obviously. It's not Walt. obviously. It's well, not obviously. That's Walt. what's great about the ambiguity. Yes, is that his, on his emotion emotional journey here. Yes. He's looking in. He has a perception now that he didn't have before, yes. and so now for the first time, what I loved about that out is that he raises that picture up, yeah. and now he's seeing it. He's seen that. He saw that drawing. Yes. Over and over and over again, and yes. just did not put it together. Yeah. But now it means something different, and now we see that he's yeah, looking he at something. Like it, although it's strictly, and strictly speaking, I don't know that we ever saw him see that that drawing before no, but it was in but 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 it's believable know, yeah. that he would have mm-hmm, seen it yeah. and but i love also possible. now that he knows what he's looking at you know yeah, yeah. you can yeah. see the it, it's just funny it's a drawing that we all say oh my god how could you not recognize that mm-hmm. as your brother-in-law but it's a it's a very crude cartoony yeah, drawing exactly. it's, right. it could it could be anybody with a exactly. mustache but i love that shot i loved how i love that composition that shot instead of cutting to what 
uh, Hank is seeing, you did it all in one frame, which I thought was very elegant. You see, you see Hank right. looking nice. at something, and then he raises it up into camera, and then you're seeing the light through the drawing. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing it all in one image. You're shooting so in, that, very in, that, uh, in that direction, and Michael Slovis, our, our director of photography, he has lights blasting through those those windows as are really our only light source. Yeah. And, and uh, once I saw the transparency yeah. of that, I thought, oh, this is great this shot. Is the way to do it. Beautiful, beautiful lighting throughout yeah. this episode. Yeah. Michael always does such a wonderful job. So um, then we jump over to, you know, the three musketeers here, Skinny Pete and Badger. And, <laughs> yeah. and I know that this was, you know, you guys can talk a little bit about, um, you know, I know this was like a writer's dream like little scene for you because Jesse is just kind of zoned out and you guys are going through, um, you know, the whole Star Trek. I mean, you guys must be Trekkies because, you know, I, I am not one, but, mm -hmm. you know, this just reeked of Trekkieism. But the other thing, the other thing <laughs> that I will say yes. is that, um, is that I, I heard from, I think you, Vince, First I heard from Brian, then I heard from Peter, and then I heard from you, Vince. You must get the line in there was, I got to write it down is all. I gotta write and it I kept down, going, what is, what is with this line? I love that line. Because it's, it makes writers laugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because all I, you know, I got this, all I got to do is write it down. Right. I, I so think it's, you it. guys were, and in separate occasions, you guys were like, make sure you get that on camera. <laughs> <Did we? laughs> yes, I just think it's, it's a funny there. line. It's but... in there. It's in there. Mm. <laughs> Can you? you want to talk about uh this star trek conversation and you know why and how and well it goes it goes to deep deep nerdery uh, Trekkieism. and uh <laughs> the, i think i think the actual pitch i was because this is something that actually the there were two parts of it one was an argument that jenny and i had about the transporter in the writer's room uh <laughs> jenny hutchinson and i had a, had an argument about the transporter uh where I played the role the of skinny. Fuck am I, I played these people. I pay, played the role of skinny Pete in that one. Uh, but then also earlier in earlier, I think maybe years ago, Vince pitched this. Uh, Vince pitched his his Star Trek My idea. Star Trek episode. Yes. With the pie eating contest. Which is all you got to do is write it down. All with you got to do is write it down. And I said, wow, could we use? Because we were looking for something for these idiots to be talking about. Uh, I was trying to think what could, what could we use that would be fun to write. And I said, hey, can I use can I use the uh, the pie eating contest? And Vince said, sure. And as I wrote it, it got longer and longer. And so when I when I turned in the when I turned in the script, I was like, I, I thought, well, Vince is going to find a way. Because I kept on seeing chunks that I could cut out. And and I thought for sure that you, and then I think it even got longer after after you you and I, just, I got I love hearing it. those guys talk and and you know uh, this this brings up a good point that I'll try to make quickly because I know we're hurting for time which is that we're worried we were worried all through the breaking process of the season that that we weren't going to have enough humor mm -hmm. on this that's true because we I mean Breaking Bad has as much humor as we can possibly fit into it without hurting the characters or hurting the flow of the story and. I was worried. I think we were all worried uh, that, that it wouldn't be funny enough this season. Uh, so we figured before things get too dire, you know, potentially, let's uh, let's get some some fun in there. And and these guys, these guys are money in the bank. Skinny Pete and Badger, they're always fun. Mm -hmm. And Charles it, Baker and and uh, Matt Jones yeah. do such a wonderful job. They're so damn funny. So at this point, <laughs> Jesse just kind of is zoning out, and he leaves, and he he actually goes to Saul's office. And we have a really, really fun scene in the waiting room of the office where mm -hmm. Jesse actually starts smoking pot. And, like, <laughs> Huel has to, you know, is like, 
Man, you know you can't smoke that shit up in here. I don't know if he says shit, but he says you can't smoke that up in no, here. No, you can't smoke that, and that then, up in here. And then yeah. Francesca, who I absolutely <laughs> love, kind of just is not hurrying the situation at all. Um, a really nice scene. I, I, I would love to dwell on it, but there's so much more that we need to talk about. Jesse, <laughs> Jesse wants to give his money away because um, he just feels, I guess, he feels so guilty, you know, especially about Drew Sharp. Drew, Drew Sharp is still... Mm-hmm. Weighing very heavily on him. He was the boy who was shot at the end of the at the end of yeah. the train robbery. Yeah, and as he says, and as is the name, the wonderful name of the episode that uh, that Peter gave it. It's blood money. Blood money, mm-hmm. which is what Walt told him in, I believe, episode five hundred seven. Yeah, this is blood money. You don't want this. And then he brings it to him just to torture him. Um, I love Saul in the scene. Saul and Aaron in the scene are great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, but then. Afterward, Jesse tells tells Saul, "Just get get it done. Give this money to Kaylee Ermentrout and uh, Drew Sharp's parents." Um, and then Saul calls Walt, and this is where we get to see what you guys you guys have have wanted to do something with Walt's cancer, and this is where we finally get to mm-hmm. see what is going on. Yeah. Um, actually the prettiest light in the whole episode and that's saying a lot i love the lighting in this uh in the the chemo lounge uh sequence the chemo lounge is the most boring place not not set because uh mark freeborn and, and michael flowers and those folks did a wonderful job but it's it's the hallway entrance it's the entrance hallway to our offices at Q Studios. Which we had to commit to in season one yes. for budget reasons. For budget reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think rightfully so, because you know to, to go to the expense of, of, a, of a new set, building a set, yeah. or going to a practical location was impractical. Yeah, that's and, true. And this served the purpose. It certainly sells it to me. I mean, I wouldn't have known that if you guys hadn't told me in season oh, yeah. one. And it is, in fact, to my eye, the prettiest lighting of all. Well, I should, and I should say pretty. Uh, it is pretty in my eye, but it's it's not about being pretty. It's about being striking or emotional or telling the story correctly. But I love the lighting in this scene. Well, we were kind of locked in because we can't shoot the other way. You're looking at a, an elevator on right. the other side. So right. we always shot in that one direction, yeah. and which is uh, pleasing to Michael Slovis because he always wants to shoot toward the light, sure. not have it you know in back of us. Sure. So that way the light is pouring at us, and then that's the one light source that we yeah. have. And, yeah. I, and I love how you reveal it because that first shot – I think he looks like he's on an airplane, mm-hmm. and you really don't know where he is. Yeah, and then and then you, which which of course makes yeah. it more dramatic when you reveal you're and getting chemo. You don't know where we are at first. Is he mm-hmm. on a plane? Is he where is he? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, he's in a chemo lounge. His cancer's back. It's interesting. Maybe you talked about this with uh, 508, but originally in 508, uh, he got a clean bill of health as as originally broken. There was originally a voiceover that explained that the doctor gave gave him a clean bill of health, and so now the way 508 got cut, it was ambiguous. What did that test tell Walt? And now we and it's one of the things I really I really like how we reveal now. Actually, that test that you saw a year ago that didn't come out so well, and so it throws everything that's happened between that test and this moment into a slightly different light. Uh, about why Walt is giving giving up the giving up the business, uh, the moments that he has, he, he's suddenly so preoccupied with the, with the, the the moments with his children, uh, th- that all that it feels a little different to me now. Now that I know that he actually found out that this is this is the end game. Yes. Anyway, I, I just thought there was an interesting sidelight to that. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Um, I can't help it. 
So, um, obviously, Saul um, has called uh, Walt about this money, and Walt shows up at Jesse's house with this money yet again. Mm-hmm. And this was a huge scene. It was really the only scene between these two characters in the show. Yeah, had a great scene. Um, and, you know, the thing that's happened since, I guess, you know, it was kind of starting in the last in the last season, the first part of season five, um, but now it's continued where these two are really at odds with each other and Walt is trying to communicate and Jesse is just so distraught. I think also Jesse is not really sure. I mean, he sort of had an idea of uh, what Walt had possibly done at the end of 508 where he first brought in the money. And now Jesse's starting to put the picture back together, you know, put put the pieces together more. And I think, you know, he's trying to figure out how to play Walt in this whole thing because Walt could be coming over to kill him. You know, well, he's just killed 10 people. That's and, 508. I mean, this yeah. the scene of 509, I think he cares even less. He's so hurting, Jesse is. And Walt, it's a sad scene because Walt really is trying to, and the way I, the way it played to me and the way you guys, the way you directed it and the way you two actors played it, it just, it's, it feels more fatherly. It does not feel at the beginning of it like, I mean, Walt often has an agenda. He mm-hmm. often is trying to work Jesse to, mm-hmm. to manipulate him. Uh, this scene feels less like that to me and more like, you know, son, what, what is the, what can I do to make things better for you? Walt is actually giving him. And he's very sincere. As sincere as he gets. Yeah. I think, I think he really wants, he he doesn't want Jesse being a loose cannon and flying off the handle. But he does flat out lie to him. Well, he, he, he lies to him. Yeah, and and he, I think he has to. I think he, I think he has to lie to him. I mean, this is uh, before the lie that he is forced to give uh, is is given. He's actually giving uh, what I would think is, on the whole, pretty good advice. You have to move on. I mean, mm-hmm. what 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 other choice do you have? You, you got to move on with your life. You're out of the business. I'm out of the business. We can be haunted by the past forever, or we can move on with our lives and do something more positive. I think right. it's actually. You know, as far as uh, the Breaking Bad universe goes, it's pretty good advice. Pretty good well, advice. I, I think that's part of what the the, the key, I and mean, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to title it Blood Money, was is I feel like that's the key to this part of the season, is that Walt really feels that he can, he, he can evade any consequences to what he's done. That, that he really feels he can make a clean break. And it's all it's all going to be fine. At this point, he doesn't he doesn't know about he doesn't know what Hank has discovered, and uh, that's that's sort of the thing we're playing with is do, do these do these actions have consequences? And Jesse's Jesse's like, well, there's morality. This is this is weighing on me. And Walt's no, this this you just live live. You'll get over it. <laughs> and I I thought that was just a, such a fascinating such a fascinating moment between these two guys because it's really a moral argument. It's an argument about whether our actions. What effects do our actions have on ourselves? I think it's. I think, as far as as Walter White has gone down the path toward darkness and criminality, I think he understands morality. Mm-hmm. I just think he's being pragmatic here, mm-hmm. stating it simply: what what alternative do you have? You have yeah. to go on. You can't go to the police. That's not an alternative. You can't. I don't want you to kill yourself. That's not an alternative, or otherwise mm-hmm. destroy yourself through drugs or whatnot. You have to. You don't really have another choice here. You have to you have to move on. And from a director actor standpoint, this is one of those scenes where just don't get in the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really, it's like mm-hmm. just understand what the scene's about and let it play out. 
So that's why I wanted it to be rather static. I didn't want a lot of movement going mm-hmm. on. Certainly in the beginning, it has to be. But I wanted. I also wanted the money to be in to between physically the come between them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was going to ask that about that. The choice staging. and blocking choice of putting it on the on yeah. the futon between you two. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I didn't I, picture it that way. And then have nice. Walt on one side, end up on one side, and Jesse on the other. Mm-hmm. And this chasm of money, yeah. mm-hmm. the whole thing was a very visual thing for me. You guys have been basically the, I mean, you've been the heart of our show, you and, and Aaron Paul, Jesse and Walt have been the heart of the show since the very beginning. Um, you obviously have uh, so much mutual respect for each other. What was this scene like um, uh, from directing him as well as directing yourself? I know you've done it before, but this is this is a very different kind of scene, just like you know you guys have talked about just now, and um, and uh, there's a lot of heart in this scene. There's a little bit of deception in this scene. What was this like, especially? You it's know, just like in yourself. our real life. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little heart, little deception. Uh, makes things spicy. And so, did you tell him just don't get in the way? No, yeah. <laughs> no. It's, it's this this whole season. Uh, it has been. Uh, uh, twofold because the characters are winding down and coming to a conclusion but also the actors the whole family that we are we know that it's coming to an end so we're kind of feeling it from both ends and so you can't help but have that seep in and um, later on in later episodes later podcasts that we do I can go into that further uh, some things that are involuntary okay you know that happen so uh, we jump over to the White House uh, we're having dinner. Um, Walt is, uh, you know, it's it's kind of subtle, but Walt is really not eating. He's starting to feel a little uh, nauseous. Um, and Nauseated. He goes, Sorry. No, you know, I, I, everyone always says nauseous. You nauseous nauseous means that you make people nauseated. Oh, I didn't realize Nauseated that. means that you feel nauseated. I'm sorry, right. that's one of my pet Snap. peeves. Snap. It's not just you. Everyone says I'm feeling <laughs> nauseous. I'm like, wow. You're feeling <laughs> nauseous, are you? You're making me sick? Is oh, okay. good to know. <laughs> I'll take note of that. Um, so Walt is feeling nauseated. Yes. He uh, goes into the bathroom, and we see he's been hiding his... It's a, it's yeah. an anti-emetic, uh, I think. It combats the nausea brought on by okay. the chemo. Yeah. And so he goes to uh, vomit in the toilet, and you have this little callback to Gus putting the towel down under his mm-hmm. knees, so Walt does the same thing. And then the realization that the book is missing. That was one of our, my, I'll speak for myself, was one of my proudest moments of, of all, for all of us in the writer's room is, is, is tying together the, the chemo and the, the cancer mm-hmm. with the realization on Walt's part. You know, I, I that, thought that's that was, really interesting. That I never a, thought about yeah. that. But, yeah, that's, that's the cancer. Yeah, the cancer wow. allows him to realize mm-hmm. the book's missing. Because when else are you facing the back of the toilet tank, you know? So that was. <laughs> I also wanted to add there another indication of uh, the collaborative art form. We were shooting that scene, and and uh, Peter had an idea uh, to stay hyper, uh, strictly focused on the the pill bottle, and that we could see Walt's actions in the background, and that was a Peter shot. And so I thought, oh, that's oh, brilliant. Nice. That's great. Nice. It's a great I shot. Like the, so it is a great going, shot. Yeah. And I like the shout out too, uh, which is in the script actually. Thank you. To uh, uh, to. The, the hand towel? The towel. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, with Gus. Gus, absolutely. Yeah. Which was actually also a scene that I wrote. That's so right. So it was, it was I, I specialize in 
hand towels and bombs. Of course, Walt, Walt had to have a different feeling of that. I didn't, yes. I didn't feel, I didn't want to step on exactly what that sensibility no, was. No. So I just wanted to have like, oh, the old creaky knees and I need something soft <laughs> as opposed to Gus who was... Very fastidious. Yeah, because Walt's so vulnerable here. I mean, this is one yeah. of the things I really was excited about with the episode was he's, we're kind of, he's so human. He, and it's it's you know the audience expects him to get just worse and worse and worse in a in a straight line, and now we've sort of reset him as as as, as the he's a little bit a little bit squishy, you know. You're, you're really wondering. He's cuddly. He's cuddly yeah. for Walt. For yeah. Walt. For a man who can be Heisenberg. But if you squeeze him too hard, he pukes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's a doll. Is that the is that the Walter White doll? Yes, the that Walter White doll. It's, it's loaded makes, loaded with puke. Yes. That makes me nauseous. So <laughs> you've nauseated me. So we go from the the Walt getting ready to vomit again on the toilet to this great shot of the of the flashlight under the bed. I always like flashlight shots. I love shots. that cut. That's a great you know, cut. I love flashlight Good job, shots. Kelly. It's really fun. Because oh, mm-hmm. Kelly cut this one. Thank you. That, that I appreciate that, but that's that's so nice of you guys. But I think you guys just determined where that was going to be made. No, it, it, that, was, uh, that was just an idea that that I had that to start it that way. It was it was, it was really cool. Nice. I, I like I said, I like flashlight shots. Like we're looking for something, and I like I always like the idea of starting a scene and the audience doesn't know exactly where mm-hmm. you are. Right, at that point. Right. I like that a lot. And this down. is my favorite cut probably in the show is that one. Yeah, cool. Um, and so Walt's looking for the book. He asks Skylar, have you seen the book? She's like, I don't even know we have that. And he's like, well, maybe Junior. And she's like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> but then, you which know. Is, which is also, I mean, the subtleties behind that is that, again, they're getting along. They're, yeah. they're, right. they're, they're starting to communicate. That's right. And, yeah. um, and so Walt, you know, gets in bed and, you know, he's like, what's wrong with Hank again? And. And then uh, she's like, oh, he hasn't been to work in a while, blah, blah, blah. And then he turns out the light, and he's just kind of thinking to himself. And then all of a sudden, we jump out to the porch. The porch light goes on, and you come outside. And I remember when you and I were working together, Brian, I was like, why does Walt come outside? I mean, what what's he thinking about? What What is he somebody scoping the house or I mean what is he thinking at that point I don't think he thinks that Hank I mean has he put all this together no no I I want I took it to me did I close the garage door you know how those feelings like did I do that I can't remember if I did what I was supposed to do I better go check and it was one of those things that was gnawing at him he didn't know when he steps outside he doesn't know why he's there exactly mm-hmm. he just has an inkling of something a suspicion something why did i come out here is that what you were thinking Peter? absolutely okay i think i think he's he's there's just something's not sitting right and, and then it's, i think it's more it's you get a little feeling of instinct from this yeah at least spider for, sense spider sense yeah, yeah. is there spider. is there will there be a strange car parked up the street is mm-hmm. will there be is will some telltale small bit of evidence give me the answer that i'm I myself am starting to dread. Yeah. There's, there's the uh, what Hank dreads at the beginning of this episode, and now there's what Walt dreads. And then, the, you know, at some point in that little walk around, you know, the little porch part, um, you have an idea. I mean, we see it on screen. You have an idea, and you, you know, go towards the car. Silly. It's, it's a silly just idea. Decide. But while I'm out here, I might as well just satisfy this little 
voice. And as an actor who's been living with Heisenberg since 2007, I mean, was that an easy thing for you to connect, Brian, as far as that, or did that take... So, I mean, just, just trying to play that moment. Well, I, I, what, what we wanted to show, and as Peter and I were talking, is that we wanted to have him kind of do a little battle with himself. He comes out. I don't even know why I'm out here. Mm-hmm. This was stupid. Take a step away. No. You know, and, and fight with himself. Just go to bed. Well, I'm out here. Just check it. You know, it's like, what difference does it make? And so he goes and he checks the, this silly idea and... It's not Holy so cow. To, to me, to me you know, this 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 is a kind of acting that people don't talk about. But this is one of the things I find so impressive is when the uh, the thought process is sort of translucent and there's no dialogue. It's just you're you're there with the and as when I'm watching, I'm leaning forward because what is he thinking? What's what's going on? And I, I just I just I really I I just love the way you play those moments. That's both as, as both too. as an actor as and as a director. That's right? why I was curious to ask you. I mean, I remember even asking you in the room what what is going on and how do yeah. you how do you make sense of these moments that's as true far because as being you know it's the way i interpret it and then for you to cut it you have to know mm-hmm. that sensibility and then the, having the courage to leave something like that in the in the final product mm-hmm. whereas usually it's wall-to-wall dialogue if you're not speaking cut cut yeah. the air yeah. so that we get to all the oh, plot yeah. and yeah. everything and this is what's so great about the show and it's also this lovely oneer that I mean, not, there's there's cuts in the scene, but towards the end, there's this oneer where you a go with cuts. Well, when, you he wonder, jumps, well, the, when he jumps over the, the to the end the, of the the end of the act is a oneer where you where when we he goes follow over you. To the car, you, yeah. you go over, you go search under the car, you find it, you come towards us. We we you we show tag, it to us. We yeah. tag we tag the uh, tag the GPS unit and then come back to your face and then start and then pulling pull back. Away, yeah. Yeah, and it's really I, nice. I really love the feeling of that, and I think Dave Dave Porter did a great job with that too. Yeah. Oh, wonder, oh, Dave Porter's uh, score. Uh, at that point, yeah. wonderful. Uh, Dave Porter, wonderful score. Initially, we were talked about we don't know where to show the insert, where to show it. Mm-hmm. So I did. A, I shot a shot of, of him when he pulls out the GPS yes. tracker that of, of his of the tracker in the hand. But when we started cutting it together, I thought I don't. Oh, the audience doesn't need to see that right now. The yeah. audience will get it. Yeah. And then we see it right when yeah. we need to see it. And then it's start suspenseful. Away. What did he it do? Is. What did he get? Yeah. It really on? helps us get that little green, little LED light mm-hmm. on. Yeah, that helps a Make lot. Sure it's great. Fun, yeah. So, so then we jump to Jesse, who's very distraught, and he, we always see is like a swing. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. We we're at the doghouse. Jesse's asleep, mm-hmm. and we've got uh, a scene where Jesse um, uh, gives his uh, gives a, a bum, like a you know homeless man, a man named Wayne, an actor named Wayne DeHart, who did an excellent job. And Terrific job. Yeah, I really liked him. Um, Jesse, you know, makes a decision at that point. He's just distraught. He's out for some reason with the money in the car, mm-hmm. you know, and he's fallen asleep at one of his local haunts, the doghouse, which we've used plenty of times before. Mm-hmm. We've used plenty of times. We've had you. Uh, we've had him buy illegal guns there. We've had him buy drugs. Or we and, and I, it should hot be dogs. said, huh? Hot dogs. He's bought hot dogs even. It should be said that at the real place is a very nice restaurant in which, as far as we know, no real illegal activity goes on. So uh, feel free uh, to uh, safely visit the, the doghouse dog when you're in Albuquerque. Satisfy the um, lawyers. But, uh, but he, at, at that point, the, when the, the man taps on his window and, you know, he's like, hey, mister, can you spare some change? Can you help me out? And Jesse's like, uh. And then he looks at his money and he really makes a decision. And then the next time we see him, 
he's tossing money out on some, you know, random street. He's just tossing all his money out. Where did that come from, you guys? It was uh, an interesting thing to shoot that. When he's tossing the money, we, we shot everything in one direction because we, you know, lit the street for a couple blocks and we had to shoot in one direction. So in order, I, but I didn't want to throw the money just in one direction. Mm -hmm. So we had him throw over the car and out the car. And then I would do isolated shots of houses where money's hit and it could be used in either place it could be as if it's across the street mm -hmm. or whatnot it worked well yeah that's and, what we did. Uh, and then we we brought in christian's dog christian's dog oh, yeah. the, the pitbull pit the yeah. dog because i wanted a, yeah. a, a i wanted a, an aggressive dog chained up you know it shows the yeah. the type of neighborhood christian Bedoya, dog, who's our location manager yeah this dog is the sweetest dog with this the, an adorable wants to be petted and licked and it's like oh my god can i get him you know, aggressive and it's like <laughs> at one, at one point like, there's some outtakes and i was showing showing vince because when i first saw the the stuff um there's one where the money lands in the yard and the dog goes and starts trying to pull it apart like a toy I and mean, yeah. he starts tearing it and i wanted to use it and i couldn't find a way to use it and then i showed vince when he was doing his producer's cut he's like oh that's great i said yeah but honestly it's cute and it's funny and it's not really what the scene is about unfortunately yeah because it was very sweet when the dog it's goes a great and moment. Ripping I, it apart. I can't remember because we talked about putting meat or something in the money oh we did we yeah, put yeah. we put meat in, that's why he went after it because oh, we yeah. stuffed <laughs> meat in that oh. pack of money because i wanted him to rip apart. it up so i want to I, we've gone way too long on this, but I want to go jump to the last scene where this is the scene that I actually am in the minority I thought was coming. You guys thought it would take all season to get to, but Walt has come out to <coughs> confront Hank about this GPS unit. He knows he knows Hank has the book, I think, at this point, right? Not necessarily we don't know that to he confront him, but book. to suss him out. At oh, least okay, at first. to see I'm, what's at up. At least that's my opinion. Right. And he's also been at work. He hasn't been at work all week. Well, once once Walt finds the GPS tracker. Yeah, you're right. That's well, it. Well, let me ask you, though. Do you think that you, well, do you think that Walt went there to, I mean, because it's, it's, it's debatable whether, well, actually, you explained it pretty well earlier in this podcast, but, you know, the other way to go would be to, you know, you know, not show folks your cards when you're playing a card game. You know, mm -hmm. Try to suss out where Hank's head is at and get from his general vibe and demeanor that he knows, you know, and then just play it, play it dumb, you know. And then, but but obviously not do any look around, make sure you've, you've destroyed all the evidence, but otherwise play it, play it dumb, play it, play it like, I don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, you, you know you're out of the business at that point. Could you have done it that way? Could you know, Walt have done it that uh, way? Hank is the type of character who wears his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. And it was very relatively easy, especially for Walter White at yeah. that state, to be able to uh, intuit oh, absolutely. his, his point of view and yeah. when he could see that he's not being very forthright and he's nervous and upset and absolutely what's he doing out here he's got this these tables set up in these boxes and i can kind of glean what the boxes are about and then i, think I they say no no says. absolutely no. we're in agreement i'm yeah. saying is the best move indeed to uh to say hey you know what hank i found this is gonna sound crazy but I found well he this you know car. at first what's great about it is that we decide he's he's he takes that information he now knows that that hank knows He's going to leave and feel what that's about and what yeah. to do. And he realizes, no, if I, what, what, the way I interpret it, if mm -hmm. I let him go on without me making this, you know, known. Right. 
he may indeed come up with evidence and then open up this can of worms and we're screwed. So I'm just going to lay my cards on the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt better for the first time in a long time, and I'm starting to get back to with Skyler. I'm going to appeal to his sensibility yeah. as, a, as a man, as a, as a brother-in-law, yeah. as a loved one, yeah. and say, I'm not admitting anything, but what? here's the truth. I'm dying. And by the way, I am dying. I'm not around. It's not going to last. Yeah, exactly. Good point. I I love the way you guys played that scene. Well, you know, the thing you also added, one of the things that you added was you made it more physical than it was scripted. And I just, I loved it. When, when, when Hank uh, slams you against the, uh, the garage door, that was that was not that was not scripted, and it was it, I I thought it was it was just it was wonderful. We were kind of warned about that because we didn't want to have to buy a garage door. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. But, <laughs> but the thing that the thing that that was I, I I talked to to Dean about that. and I said, to me, this scene is about your feeling betrayed. Mm-hmm. You that I betrayed you that I I was doing this in front of you mm-hmm. that I, you trusted and loved me, yeah. and and took me with you and and opened up to me and. And I stabbed you in the back, mm-hmm. so that the fight is not out. It's not it, the distinction is it's not the fight that you had with Aaron when he used Marie to get him out of there. That's anger. That's yeah. you do not hurt yeah. my loved ones. Yeah. You, you know he was he was viciously angry. Oh yeah, because he still doesn't realize that you were in the in the no, RV. No, didn't know that. But no, but but he says. He, I, whether or not yes. he knew he was in the RV, uh, aside, he he said he says in that moment it was moment, you who yeah. called. You yeah. called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, you yeah. knew my number. So yeah. wow. So that again is it's it's pain, and I talked to Dean about it, and I said it's it's physical pain. So you're not trying to hit me because you're angry at me. You are your heart burst open, mm-hmm. and that's why when he, then when he started holding me. Yeah. Like he wanted to, and he's vibrating. It was it was really all yeah. on the right track because yeah. it wasn't a bar fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, how yeah. could you do could this you to do me? This? How could you break my heart? And he's like, yeah, he wants to squeeze me. Yeah. So he doesn't know what to do with yeah. his physical. You know, it has a little bit of a. You know, it always for me, it always comes back to the Godfather, and it has a little bit of that moment in the Godfather Part Two, where where mm-hmm. Pacino grabs. Uh, it was you, Fredo? Yeah. 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 You I broke my you. heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's holding on to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we, I think we reference that. You know, and to to drop that idea in because he had to run that. Yeah. Uh, Walt had to be on the reactionary side to that, obviously. So. Yeah. So Dean had to control that whole sensibility. And then, you know, I love the the way that you were, uh, Vince, you're, you're always brave, Brian, as well. Everybody here is always so brave, just like you said before, to not pull air out of anything. Like, time needs to be taken with this. And at the end, we've got this long piece where dean is saying i i don't know you i don't know who you are <laughs> and we don't just you know do it like you know yeah. anything else we take our time with it we don't care and we take our time and um you know uh and dean you know i mean uh, hank says i don't know who you are and then your last line heisenberg's last line is well if if that's true, if you don't know who I am, then you then your best bet would be to tread, tread lightly. lightly. <laughs> I, I love the way you say that. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's just a little tiny hint of Heisenberg mm-hmm. comes in there, and it's great. There's, I think there's a lot of Heisenberg. There's that. Well, to me, the, the, the turn is actually one beat earlier when uh, he says, you know, let me bring the family up here, and then we'll talk. 
Oh. And then, then there's a, there's this stillness that comes over Walt at that point. You're it's, right. You can say it's Heisenberg. You can say whatever, but it's some kind of resolve at that point. I, I just I yeah. love that. I love that moment. And then to me, that last bit when he says, you know, tread lightly. There's even um, a little bit of regret there. Yeah, it's a regret. Don't make don't me. me yeah, don't, don't make me do this. this. Don't, make me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't start this now. And then I hopefully you, I I, I, I yeah. hope people watch next week. <laughs> it's, it gets kind of boring from here on yeah, out. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. That was kind of it for the drama. Blew the wad. Yeah. <laughs> It just well, kind of downhill from here. Well, this has been an extraordinary long podcast. I hope you guys have all enjoyed it. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks, There's one here. more thing we wanted to talk about. Oh, okay. The credit. Oh, yes. Oh, the, right. That's yeah, right. Um, Kevin Cordasco, our friend, a uh, wonderful young man who uh, who was uh, who we met through the, uh, the the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. Who was, uh, I think, our number one fan ever of, of uh, Breaking Bad. And we got to know him, uh, Brian first and then then i did and well, yeah he was at children's hospital he had a a, a cancer that was uh, terminal and and he didn't have he was not given a prognosis that was very kind and uh and my wife and i went to see him in his hospital first time and uh and we were dreading going and thinking oh this is going to be horrible i was too and he actually brought us up yeah, yeah. you oh, know was he though? 16, 16. Okay. and uh bright and personable and knowledgeable. Yeah, mm-hmm. he wasn't just a fan; he was into the the structure, and yeah. the story, yeah. and the complexity of yeah. it. And at one point, I think he you asked him a question about. It. When I first met him, I was dreading going. At that point, he was at home, and I was dreading going over there. And I just he was such a wonderful young guy, and I just you know he was I'm just repeating everything he said. But he I I learned about my own show from him, and he actually. At one point, I said, "What would you like to see in the show?" And he gave—I won't say what it is. We'll because say later. I'll say later because what he said, actually, I came back and reported it to the writers' room. It colored our perception of the show, and and we made a change. We added something to these final eight episodes that we wouldn't have had otherwise if if I hadn't, if Kevin hadn't hadn't mentioned that. But he was so smart and astute mm-hmm. uh, about the show, and I said to him in that first meeting, "Do you want me to?" tell you how it ends did He's, you know how it ended i had point? a pretty good idea at that point this okay. was in october okay. and i said would you like to know how it ends if you promise not to tell anybody and he said uh he, without hesitation he said no i'm gonna watch it yeah. and he unfortunately the, the reason his name is, is on there because he didn't he didn't make it he passed away uh a couple of uh, several months ago but uh a wonderful young guy and uh just changed, you know, changed, changed. I don't speak and for contributed. Change, contributed to the show and changed my life. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, best wishes to his family and his friends. Uh, he was God a, bless, Kevin. God bless. Yeah. I don't know what to say after that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we will see you next week on uh, episode number 510. So everybody go break bad. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.